I'm going to talk about the gospel today. Um, what is the gospel? You know, there's a lot of words that I think as, as Christians and as the church we use, and I think there's a lot of words that we have a pretty good grasp on. We're like, I, I'm pretty confident it means this, but we don't entirely know. And some of the words, I don't know that gospel falls into this category, but some of the words are like pretty foreign to us. Like, you know, when it comes to like preaching, there's words like human, you know, uh, humanetics and and apologetics. Are you an apologist? You're like, yeah, I'm an apologist. I'm sorry. Whatever I did, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And and that's that's not the same thing. But there's all kinds of words like propitiation and atonement. And a lot of times we just kind of go with the flow because we you know we don't want to be the one <laughs> raising our hands, asking the question, going, I don't know what that word means. You use that word a lot, and I don't know what it means. Um, and I don't want gospel to be one of those words. I think a lot of us know that the word gospel means good news, but what is that? Good news of what? Can you explain gospel to a friend? Could you explain what the gospel is to a stranger? The word gospel literally means good news, good tidings, great tidings. And this word occurs 93 times in the Bible, um, it's the Greek word, and we're going to pull it up here, and I've got it phonetically sounded out here. It's euangelion. Euangelion. There it is. It's a, uh, the same Greek word in which we get evangelist or evangelism or evangelical. And it's got, pull up that definition. It's got quite the wordy definition if you look in the, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's I'd even encourage you, look away. Look away. Don't read this. Look away. I know I made the graphic, but look away. Don't read it. This isn't going to help you any, any at all. Because it's just, lo- it actually, it should help some. Um, in the broadest terms, the gospel is the entirety of Scripture, and it's seen in the entirety of Scripture. In a more narrow sense, The gospel is the good news concerning Jesus Christ and how we are forgiven, have life, and the way of salvation. So today I just want to clearly unpack the gospel so that each one of us knows what it is. The key to understanding the gospel is to know why it is good news, and sometimes it helps to start with bad news. So let's start with the bad news. Let's start with the law. God created mankind to be with him, to be in communion with him, to be in relationship with him. And it didn't take long before mankind blew it, before Adam and Eve sinned. And they experienced shame and they hid. They, they tried to keep their sin a secret from the Lord and sin separated them from God's love. And it wasn't God's doing. It was man's doing. It was because of sin. Uh, we see in Deuteronomy 5.1 um, that the Old Testament law was given to Israel during the time of Moses. And, and if you had, just to kind of briefly think of the law as a measuring stick. But here's the thing. On this measuring stick, you never, ever measure up. You always fall short. You do good for a little while because God bless you. You try so hard, 
you see, I mean, just, you're like the little engine, you know, that could. And then you blow it. And here's the thing, according to the law, it doesn't have to be a big blow it. It doesn't have to be a big blow it. And here's the worst part. According to this Old Testament law, the price for sin was what? Death. Death. And so what you had to do to make sure that you didn't experience death was you had to pay a penance of sorts. And so that's where sacrifice came in. So it's like, okay, you don't, you know, you don't have to be killed. You don't have to die. Um, you don't have to be separated from, from God as long as you do this. Now, here's the thing, friends. Most religion, that is still the case in most religions. When you blow it, you have to make up for it. When you blow it, you have to pay penance. When you blow it, you have to do good works. When you blow it, you have to go door to door for every house in your neighborhood. When you blow it, you have to blank. Most religion has that. They have this form of, of penance that makes it about you. And that makes it about your works. That makes it about your intense expression and it makes it about you earning back into that place of good favor with God. And that is not the gospel. Starting with the bad news makes for an easy transition into the good news. In order for us to go to heaven where God is, sin must be somehow removed or paid for. Just read Hebrews 9.22. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. Talking about different sacrifices. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So back to the gospel. The gospel involves Jesus' life of perfect obedience to the Father as fully God and as fully man. The gospel involves Jesus' obedience, his life, his, his perfection, and then his arrest and torture and death and the paying of the price of sin. This is where the gospel becomes not just good news. This is where we see that it is phenomenal news because it's not us who have to pay the price for sin. Jesus bore it upon himself. Romans 8, 3 and 4 says this, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Under the law, animal sacrifice were, were offered year after year as a reminder of sin, as a symbol of sin. And we as Christians, we have symbols of God's faithfulness as well. You know, over here we have this empty cross. It's a symbol of God's faithfulness. It's a symbol of God's power. It's a symbol of, yes, the, the death of Jesus, but more importantly, the resurrection and the life of Jesus. When Jesus offered himself on the cross at Calvary, that sacrifice became a reality 
for everyone who would believe. And that's what's asked. But this is what's key. We must believe. We must believe. We must believe that, that we can't do it on our own and that there is no value in doing it on our own because that will never bring about the results. We must believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin. You know, a lot of times when we talk about Jesus and the death and the crucifixion, sometimes, you know, we, we, we think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and we think, man, that's, that's, a, that's a tough theological truth that a father gave his son to be given up for death. But we forget the fact that Jesus has always been and will always be 100% God. Yes, fully man, but fully God. And so Jesus signed up for this. Jesus volunteered for this. Jesus has always been. From the foundation of the earth, he has always been. And Jesus volunteered for this, saying, this is the work that restores man to my father. The gospel involves Jesus' death, yes, but his resurrection from death on the third day. Romans 4.25. Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. The fact that Jesus conquered sin, he conquered the penalty for sin, he conquered death, it's good news. It's great news. The fact that Jesus extends that victory with us, for us should be the greatest news of all. John 14 19 says this, yet in a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. You know, I, don't, I think sometimes we read scriptures like this and we just read past it quickly. And think about the power in that. Because I live, this is Jesus talking, because I live, you will live also. Because I live, if you will trust in me, if you will believe in me, you will live too. He conquered death. Way too often as Christians, we leave Jesus on the cross. Way too often, we leave him in the tomb. He's not dead. He is alive. And we're not just supposed to celebrate it in the spring, in Easter. We are to celebrate that we have life because he lives. Amen? So 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6, if there's a passage that, I, that I'd like you to read again and again just to kind of grasp the gospel, um, it's this one right here. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, it clearly states the elements of the gospel. Um, it's a very key passage concerning the good news of God. Um, I'm going to read that now, starting in verse 1. Now I, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried 
that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. First, I want to point this out. First, we see that Paul received the gospel, and then he passed it along. And I have to make this claim right now. All of us are tasked with this. We receive the good news and we pass it along. Doesn't matter what your temperament is. Doesn't matter what your personality is like. Doesn't mat- matter what your uh, uh, comfort level is in, in speaking to others or speak, speaking to strangers or talking about uh, religion. I'm not talking about, talking about religion. I'm talking about sharing the good news. Paul received the gospel, then he passed it on. This is a divine message. This is not a man-made invention. This is not religion. This is Jesus. Second, we see that the gospel is of first importance. Everywhere the, the, the apostles went, they preached the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. They preached it so often that, that later Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to talk about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. I'm not ashamed. Third, the message of the gospel is accompanied by proof. By proof. Christ died for our sins. And it was proved by what? His burial. He was buried. There is proof that he died and that he was buried. And then there is proof that he rose again the third day. Proved, yes, by an empty tomb, but proved by eyewitnesses. How awesome is it that God made sure that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saw the resurrected Jesus. Proof. Fourth, all this was done according to the scriptures. The theme of the whole Bible, the entire Bible, is the salvation of mankind through Jesus. I made reference to it a minute ago. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And I like to point out that in, in God's plan, in God's wisdom, this is what salvation, salvation was offered. The, um, teaching was offered. Pursuit was offered first to the Jew, and then to the Greek. That, that doesn't make anyone else less than. It's just God's ways are God's ways, and that was his plan. The gospel is a bold message, and we're never to be ashamed in proclaiming it. And it's a powerful message because it is God's good news. Anybody want to go back to the the old way of the measuring stick? But I promise you, you never measure up. You know, even now, right now, the fact that we don't have that measuring stick, the enemy still tries to get us to live by that measuring stick. He still gets us to live by that you don't measure up mentality. I 
think the enemy wants us so busy with trying to be good and trying to earn God's favor and God's love and God's whatever that we, that we don't actually spend time with him. Because I'm telling you, to know God is to love God. To know the Father is to love the Father. To know Jesus is to love Jesus. And, and that's what God wants. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us to know the Father and to love the Father. Jesus wants us to know him and to love him. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man could boast. I mean, maybe we want to be able to boast. Maybe we want to be able to point to, man, I, I, I was in such a bad place, and I worked so hard, and I got out of it all by myself, and I, and I, you know, bootstrapped up and, and just cowboyed up and, and, and put in the work, and, and now I'm all righteous. It doesn't work that way, whether we like to do that or not. It doesn't work that way. It comes by the grace of God alone. The gospel is good news because our salvation and our eternal life and our home in heaven are guaranteed through Christ. John 14, 1 through 4. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, oh, there's many rooms. If it were not so, I, I would have told you um, that I go away to prepare. Would I have told you that I go away to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. I think this is another thing that we probably don't talk about enough as, as Christians, as the church. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is returning for his bride, and that's good news. Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. So what is, what is eternal life? And when does it begin? Do you guys know the answer to that? What is it? And when does it begin? Look to John chapter 17 for this. Verse 3. And this is eternal life. That they what? That they know you. The only true God. And I love this. I love that Jesus starts speaking in third person. And that they know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Mark likes this. Mark thinks this is great. Jesus is sitting there talking. He says, this is eternal life, that they know you, Father. But also that they, they know your son, that they know me. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Friends, the minute we trust our life in Jesus, eternal life begins then. Presence with God begins then. Being in his presence and benefiting from the fullness of his presence 
knowing that there's not, once again, some penance to be paid by some priest, some sacrifice to be made by some priest. There's not a veil. There's not a curtain. There's not a ritual. There's not anything that separates us from the presence of God, and we don't have to fear the presence of God because of the completed work of Jesus. Eternal life begins now. Having life abundant, having life with peace, having life with hope, it begins the minute we trust. We're supposed to be walking in it, friends. This isn't we wait till we die. To me, that's a, and that, I don't know that that would be good news, man. Like, good Lord, take me now. Anybody ever just watch those Red Foxes? Elizabeth, I'm coming home. Take me home. <laughs> Stanford and Sons, great. Eternal life begins now. The gospel is good news when we understand fully that we do not earn our salvation, that we cannot earn our salvation. The work of redemption and justification was completed on the cross, and Jesus even used a financial term and said the transaction's complete. It is finished. It was a financial term saying the transaction is complete. I have bought their freedom. I have bought all their sin. I have bought all unrighteousness, and, and, and I've given them righteousness. It is finished. The gospel is the good news that although we were once enemies of God, we have been reconciled to the Father by the blood of Christ and adopted into the family of God. This is one of those tough ones, you guys. And it shouldn't be. Maybe for some it's not. But it's tough. Because there's just a lot of flawed people that were fathers, or maybe fathers to us. And so when we hear about the Father and the goodness of the Father, we don't have um, an earthly example of that. And so... So sometimes we, we have a hard time understanding. Friends, we're not talking about a human. When we talk about the Father, we're not talking about a human, okay? This is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. We're talking about a good and perfect and holy Father, and He is good, and, and he, is, he is no longer looking at us with, with wrath against sin because that sin has been paid for by Jesus. He looks at us and he sees, he sees grace and forgiveness and we are adopted into his family. Friends, we, we've got to understand that our God, our Heavenly Father is good and his love for us is great. John three sixteen through 18, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Condemnation before God is the result of a lack of faith, a lack of belief in Jesus, the Son of God. There's not a plan B. There's not a, there's not a number two. 
Jesus is God's only provision for salvation. Jesus is God's only provision for salvation. Are you ashamed of that truth? It's a tough one, right? The only way to the Father is through the Son. Jesus Christ is the only name in which one can be saved. That's a difficult truth, because you know what that does? That eliminates every other religion, every other doctrine, just contrary. And I love that Paul in Romans 1.16 said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's the o- Jesus is the only way to salvation. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. John 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that is good news. God has given this doomed world good news. And the only thing that's asked is belief. And when we believe to know him and to love him, that's a relationship. That's a relationship. I don't have a relationship with Russell Wilson. I don't know him. He doesn't love me. There's no relationship there. But I do have a relationship using those terms with John and Candace and Anthony, Stephanie. We know each other. There's love, there's relationship. It's, a, it's a, not just a relationship, it's a good relationship. And that's what we're to have with Jesus. So all of that is the gospel. I don't, I don't know if I've made it any easier for you to understand what the gospel is. But let me tell you this. Start raving about Jesus. Start talking about Jesus. Share with people that they don't have to pay the price for their sins, even though our nature is wanting to beat ourselves up or to pay that price or to earn the merits of the little gold stars or whatever it is we have. But that's, that's, not, that's not what brings us life. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. So I want to teach you a simple little thing to help you remember the gospel. Now, if you, don't, if you use this and you're sharing with people the gospel, then fine, just use it. That's great. Because people like witty stuff, and I didn't come up with this. But gospel. How do you spell gospel? Someone spell gospel for me. Yep, G-O-S-P-E-L. G-O-S-P-E-L. G. God created us to be with him. Okay? God created us. Here's, here's God. Here's us. He created us to be with him. But our sin, oh, our sin separated us from God. When I say I, our sin, let's go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Let's go back to the Garden of, of Eden. It started at this point. Our sin separated us from God. Sin cannot be removed by good works. That's the S. So G, God created us to be with him. O, our sin separated us from God. 
S. Sin cannot be removed by good works, good deeds, being a good person, being a good girl. Who's a good girl? You're the good girl. Doesn't earn you salvation. I tell that to my dog all the time. She's such a good girl. S. P. Paying the price for our sin. Jesus died and rose again, and it rhymes. Paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and rose again. E. Everyone who trusts in Christ alone has eternal life. Everyone who believes in Christ alone has eternal life. L. Life eternal means that we know God and that that life eternal starts now and lasts forever. G-O-S-P-E-L. The gospel is rich. I mean, we have the gospels. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels. We have, you know, the gospel. We have the fact that, that Jesus... As he walked in, in ministry, he, he did the work of the gospel. And then when he died and rose from the grave and ascended, then we talk about the work of the gospel being about Jesus. And it's, it's multifaceted and it's rich. But we don't have to overcomplicate it. But I will say this. It's something we've got to be quick to share and familiar enough to say, hey, this is what the gospel means and be locked and loaded with an answer. Amen? If we can close our eyes for a second. If there's anyone here today that you've never trusted in Jesus, you've never believed in Jesus, I just, I, I want to briefly, I'm not going to browbeat this, I want to briefly give an opportunity to say, I want to place my trust in Jesus, in Jesus alone. Maybe it's just something about your good works, or maybe you've, you've, kept the Lord at arm's length because of your bad works and you think you're not deserving. I want you to know Jesus paid the price and he loves you. If there's anyone here that has never placed their trust in Christ alone to be saved, you can do so now. If that's you, would you just, with every eye closed except for mine, my eyes are open, would you look at me? Would you lock eyes with me? Would you raise your hand and say, this day I am placing my trust in Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in this place there's anybody that's watching online or even later you know into the future you, you stumble upon this message and you hear this and you have made a decision I want you to reach out to us I want you to I want you to email us at contact at impactrock.com so we and leave your numbers and call you and pray with you and celebrate with you and get you a bible and link arms with you